This is Change Champions with Trish Thurley and Charlene Thompson, a show about leading and surviving change. Hey Trish. Hey Charlene, how are you doing? I'm good, thanks. You? Yeah, great. Thanks. Good. good. So what's the topic for today? So um, I've been rereading uh, The Fearless Organisation by Amy Edmondson, which is a great book. And one of her hypotheses, uh, in fact, a lot of her research has proven it, is that psychological safety is a catalyst for other interventions to work best. So, you know, she hypothesized that, that you can have a really talented team, you can have a really diverse team, but without psychological safety in the culture, they won't perform. And so I just wanted to get your views on this from your own working experience. I agree. Um, I do think it is, I do think it's definitely a catalyst. I'm not sure if it's the core of lots of things, but because I have trust in my head. But the reason why I think it's such a big deal is because if you don't feel safe in any environment, you can't be yourself. And so we're forever asking people to be their true self, be their true selves at work. And then the next question is, well, what does that mean? And it's comfortability. It's knowing that you're in a place where uh, you feel like you belong, you have a space there, there's, there's space there for you. And if you don't have that, if you feel uncomfortable, how likely are you to speak up, ask questions, share your opinion, um, share your creative idea if you don't feel safe? And I, I think that the reason why sometimes people might look at the term psychological safety and think it's all just a bit wishy-washy is because the term safe, when you think safe, you think of your home, you think of a bank even, you think of like a vault and they don't realize that safety is, is quite literally being comfortable, um, not, not feeling that you're going to be attacked in any way, shape or form, that kind of safe. Do you see what I mean? Mm. That's really interesting that you raised that thing about the, the you know, trust or psychological safety, because I thought um, she, she um, summarises it quite nicely to say that trust is between two people, you know, like we trust each other because mm. we've known each other for so many years, we've had a yeah. close working relationship. So trust is always one on one. Psychological safety is an atmosphere in a team, group, a place, which says I can say what's on my mind. So candor is really, really important. I can just, if I think something, I can say it. Of course you can't be you know, uh, offensive or you have to learn how to give and receive criticism in a constructive way. Mm. They are all skills that are needed. But the fact that you can just say, actually I, I don't agree with that or it's funny you should say that I think the complete opposite and that you could actually say that and that's what she she's sort of talking about and I, and I think that you know having that ability or comfort to know that you're not taking a risk you know that you're going to get your ears ripped off or you're going to get somehow you know a mark against you in yeah. some way by actually being candid or constructively disagreeing with somebody 
Well, do you know what? You've just raised a good point, the whole having a mark against you. So what was coming to my head was what stops us from feeling comfortable in the first place? You know, separate from is your manager creating that environment, but what stops you from automatically feeling comfortable? I mean, yes, obviously it's the atmosphere, but that whole mark against you thing, I'm thinking back to school, <laughs> right? And, you know, generally people in this country anyway have all have gone through very similar schooling styles. It wasn't a psychologically safe atmosphere. <laughs> if you put your hand up to answer a question and it was even remotely wrong, you'd be ridiculed like nobody's business. And sometimes from the teachers. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and, and ridicule and uh, humiliation has been shown to be one of the most powerful human emotions. We can all remember yeah. a time when you felt humiliated and belittled. And it's just a... It's a terrible feeling. And you hold that with you. Mm. Even if you've moved out of that space, you're no longer at school or you no longer work for the employer who made you feel like that. You bring it with you to the new workplace until somebody can reassure you that it's actually okay to, to say these things. Or Yes, and I know of an example recently of a lady who she had uh, a hard time in uh, her last workplace and has gone straight into a new job in a much better atmosphere, much more psychologically safe in general. But because she still has old wiring, she's finding it really hard to adjust. Mm. And that's the thing that feeling of safety and um, yes it's important for uh, a manager or leaders to be able to create that kind of atmosphere that culture at work but also I think a lot of all of the things that we speak about trust safety burnout all of you know just looking at things differently and paradigm shifting I think a lot of it comes uh, one of the catalysts is that you need to look at yourself you need to see where you're coming from and is, is there because things can happen to you and obviously it's your response that determines your character and things like that but things can happen to you and you can have residual trauma as a result of it which therefore blinds you to things in the future that may be good yeah because you you've still got this old wiring about mm. well if I say this, then they're just going to ridicule me. And there's looking at you with loving, smiling faces. And <laughs> I like that phrase, residual trauma. That's a nice one. You've got coming out with some great, great <laughs> phrases. Um, and there was some research uh, that because uh, I've been looking into this in terms of what what uh, stops people learning. And one of the things is if they've been frightened. Uh, you know, recently, their ability to learn is impaired. And the research study on this was done. Do you remember the old sort of Pavlov's dogs yeah. and them um, learning a kind of response? Everybody heard about Pavlov, Pavlov's dogs when they were at school. Yeah. Uh, but they were involved, uh, the laboratory was involved in a really bad flood where the dogs, uh, quite a lot of the dogs almost died and they were rescued with just their poor little noses above, you know, the water level. And what they found out for the weeks afterwards, for several weeks afterwards, their ability to learn was heavily impaired. So there's been some kind of brain uh, chemistry change, which means that when your amygdala in your brain mm. is uh, comes under this deep stress from fear, 
you your learning is impaired for quite some time afterwards so I thought there's some great science behind that that is fascinating and I can't say I'm surprised at all of course it would it, it's just you can only do so many things at <laughs> any given point in time yeah so yeah it, that that makes a lot of sense to me and you see it over and over again and it's just people have beliefs and the beliefs are so strong and they come from fact they come from their own lived experiences mm. and because our brains will do everything in its power to try and protect us, ourselves um plus also it doesn't like to change just naturally it likes to use the least amount of power as physically possible to do anything it's well why learn this new thing when you've already been told if you say this bad things are going to happen so just don't yeah. just presume everybody's like that the other thing that comes out of the research I thought was fascinating as well is that uh, the immediate reward for silence, as in not getting your ears ripped off, not getting humiliated. So that reward comes in instantaneously. But the reward for speaking up and or disagreeing or putting an idea forward, the reward for that may be some way in the future and it may or may not materialize. So your brain's weighing up you know, like the least risky thing is yeah. silence. So more often than not, people will go for silence. And one of the things they said that, you know, as a uh, team member, as a leader, one of the things you can personally do to encourage people is when somebody does speak up, even if you do think their question isn't founded or their idea isn't good, you can turn around and say, you know, thanks for speaking up, Charlene. That's, you know, I really value your input. Mm. In this situation, I'm not going to go with your idea or suggestion or whatever because of X, Y, Z. So the person mm. you're disagreeing with or giving an idea to may have greater experience and knowledge. But the fact that they've thanked you for speaking up shows everybody else that that's welcome so that was one of the first things that they said you know that you, you should do is just you know say thank thanks for your question or thanks for your idea um and I thought that was quite simple definitely and then it comes to leadership as well because and you know how I feel about this but a leader being genuine so you're saying just right there saying thank you question for leaders are you actually thankful when people speak up in meetings or would you prefer them to be silent in in your actual heart would you prefer them to just take your orders <laughs> and just go off and do the work or do you actually want to hear them do you care about their opinion and the reason why I say that is because I think in some people's hearts of hearts they don't actually want to know what other people think but they're reading all the books and they're listening to the podcast and they're watching the shows and going yes I should ask for my team members opinion tick I've asked but they don't actually care and I'll tell you what your direct reports your colleagues will know that you don't actually care you might say all of the right things you might even say thank you afterwards but people know you can feel it when somebody doesn't actually give two figs about what you've act what you've just said and they're not going to take it on board even if what you've said is actually really really helpful or even if it's not but you you know you would have preferred that clarification as, as you've just said and this is why I think people should actually just sit down and be really honest with themselves and say okay if I don't actually want somebody else's opinion why is that 
Why is that? If this is a thing where I'm not actually open to any opinion because we, we, we can't, we have to just carry this thing out because that happens sometimes. Okay, but then say so. Don't then say, yes, so this is going to be a creative session where we're going to figure out how to deal with this. And it's already been decided. That's not the time to try to <laughs> build psychological safety because you know what? You can build psychological safety and you can tear it down as well. Mm. You know, it, it's, it's a moving, living atmosphere. You don't just, oh, because you've had a good relationship with people, that's how it will stay forevermore. You have to keep building it. Yeah. And um, what they've shown is that those teams that have to operate under really, really stressful conditions, if you imagine a, um, in a hospital A&E department or, uh, you know, in military settings and that sort of thing, that you you have to create an a, 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 an atmosphere where people don't have time for all the niceties, but can be candid and and short. So uh, once they once you've built this atmosphere, that people can do this kind of shorthand talking to each other. Mm. So it can just be uh, something like you suggest an idea, and I say no, doing this. Um, or somebody comes in and says, uh, I'm giving this drug and somebody else says, and don't forget X. So mm -hmm. that you, you don't have to do all the nicey, nicey, teamy, teamy things to make that work. Yeah. But you have to get to a level of, of, you know, sort of team based trust, which is what psychological safety is, so that people can shorthand without yeah. offending the other person. But there are times where they don't want suggestions, mm -hmm. but more often than not, if they're behaving like that on an ongoing basis, it's, it's, it's either arrogance or defensiveness, either of which can harm, you know, the leadership of a team. Yes, yes. And I'd like to go into that deeper in another, in another thing. I think a lot of things come down to defensiveness, but what you've reminded me of is our old fan favourite, Six Thinking Hats. And the reason why I say that is because uh, for anybody who doesn't know, Six Hats is something that was created by Dr. Edward de Bono, um, rest in peace. Uh, and it's a methodology for how to run meetings effectively. So focusing everybody's mind on one thing at the same time. So we're thinking about um, the possible downsides to something and that would be black hat, the upsides to something and that would be the yellow hat, green, um, green hat would be creative ideas for problem solving. And I'm mentioning this because in our working environment, we used six hats so much, it became a language. It became the shorthand for, okay, so we've got this thing and we're hashing out in a meeting. And then you can just say, but yellow hat, da -da 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 -da. and you didn't have to explain or red hat, which means um, your, your emotion, your gut feel about something. Mm. And you, you could just say red hat, X, Y, Z. And because we all had that language, everybody understood where we were coming from. And it was very difficult to uh, take offense to something when you prefaced it with like, this Just this is just an idea, but you didn't have to say it's just an idea. You didn't have to have that tone in your voice that makes you feel a little bit weak. Um, like as if you're speaking from the shadows, you could just say green hat, how about this? And creating psychological safety, being able to create that language that everybody understands and everybody knows how to speak. You know, it, it goes back to our innermost uh, tr tribal humanity. It's, it's just, this is us. 
Mm. I really agree with you when it comes to the hats. It's a great methodology. And, uh, you know, like white hat being just data. If you preface it, say, you know, sales are down, bit of white hat for you sort of thing um then people don't take that as a criticism yes same way uh, it's just just data and so i i agree with you to, to, to create that common language does give people a shorthand way of speaking mm. but obviously if you're new into a team you won't have that and so you've got to work to create that a little bit so it does take a little bit of kind of setting up you've got to be determined to do this and think right how can we foster this level of security that people can show up as themselves and can speak out candidly and can take and give constructive criticism because that is incredibly difficult. I, I don't know about you, but I've never really liked being criticised. Who does? No, can't stand it. Um, <laughs> you know, I do take it on board and I do learn, but it's very, very hard. And um, what you were just saying there, building psychological safety, for me, a lot of it is about onboarding whether it's en masse or whether it's um, your specific team, do you have any plans in place to onboard new members of staff? Like all of the 50,000 acronyms that we happen to have in whatever workplace, is there a list to say what these things are? Is there a timetable of a general routine of when things happen in the company? Being able to give people these just foundational skeletal bone things of this is just how we do things and then the the extra feel comes later I think that helps a lot because you feel like you've just walked into a room and everybody's been having this ongoing conversation and having to catch up we all know what that feels like it feels it, it's difficult it's hard it makes you feel a bit small um, particularly if you're introverted if you're extroverted it's a bit different because at least you can come in with the personality and be all big and bubbly but it's it's not the same for more introverted folks you know so give them something yeah interestingly that really came um home to roost for me when I when I was working with uh, Colgate, Colgate Palmolive they were such a lovely company but I took maternity leave to have my um first son and then came back in to the workplace and so it was like I'd had however much I probably had about three months off and came back and it felt like a newbie coming in but knowing how it had been and I thought to myself oh my god they 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 all talk in acronyms all the time they shorthand everybody knows stuff and suddenly I don't know it and I felt very um, overwhelmed uh, and I felt that you know sort of there was a huge amount that had to be re-explained and I thought this is this just reminded me of being that newbie and and mm-hmm. how nobody yeah you know, so they kind of went out of the way to give certain things you know like this is the policy on this this is procedure on that that's where you get your coffee from sort of thing but yeah. some of those uh, you know team-based language stuff for somebody to kind of I suppose be looking out for you yeah early days would be great wouldn't it yeah so having a buddy to like having that kind of buddy system to reintegrate or integrate people back into um your environment I think is invaluable because I've I've been a buddy um have I ever ever had one I'm not sure if I've ever had one but I've been a buddy several times and I know it's made a difference because it's it's it, again, it's about trust. So it's just having somebody you can trust to just give you the real skinny. Oh, okay. So <laughs> this is the background to this project, which is the reason why people might be feeling a little bit testy. 
but it's okay just take it all in whereas you know you don't want to go walk into something and think that if you've said something you've just said the wrong thing and we've all got lots of emotions going on in our head and this is the reason why psychological safety is so important <laughs> it's like when you, you 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 say something and everybody looks down at their feet or they look, oh. at, look at the floor they look at anywhere you know and you think you you know something's wrong you've said the wrong thing but you don't know why or how or the context of it and quite often people are too well they call it politeness uh but they're too embarrassed or or maybe even they don't care enough to actually explain so having mm. that buddy is really great i've had a formal mentor which has really really helped especially navigating the hierarchical politics um you know that's that's yeah. been really fantastic but i've i think i've rarely had somebody who was uh formally assigned as a buddy yeah informally i've tried to do it for people and people have tried to do it for me but it, it, it hasn't been necessarily recognized that you need a kind of buddy i think i think that would um also in closing be really helpful in the environment that we're in now where so much more where we are so much more in the virtual world than in the physical world. Uh, that's one way to integrate people is make sure everybody has a buddy. And for a long time, not for a week or two, for three months, <laughs> you know? And I think, that, I think that would help a lot. So mm -hmm. to be continued. <laughs> that was a full thing. Uh, yeah, yeah. In summary, just uh, try to look at yourself. Uh, to to see where you feel safe and try to create that environment for others, I think. What would you think as a closing? Yeah, I think um, uh, certainly self-analysis, being able to think, you know, like, um, do I really want to hear people's ideas? Do I really want to hear their suggestions or their criticisms or whatever? Examining yourself, making sure you're not being uh, uber arrogant or... Uh, defensive mm -hmm. that sort of thing those things that you said but also thinking about how can I uh, create that safety for others how can I be a buddy how can I uh, make somebody feel that that they what they said or did was welcome even if it wasn't right even if it you know was a a mm -hmm. um uh, an idea that we've tried before and everybody knows we tried it for that person if they're especially new they don't know that you've tried that before yeah it's inclusive to make people feel welcome mm. and i think the uh, other thing just going back to that uh your uh, you know when when you've had a terrible treatment before like it might be school it might be previous employer to know that people come in uh, having uh, have that uh, you know sort of trauma from a previous bad experience that has to be overcome so they're not immediately gonna show That's why it's so much more important because you're not getting somebody just fresh off the bat no one is fresh off the bat everybody has their own experiences it's why you're hiring them mm. but that comes with good things and bad things so the better that you integrate someone into how you do things whilst also giving them the, the freedom um, to bring their own personal expertise and their opinions when asked to the table, the easier we can create psychological safety in the workplace. Fantastic. Thank you. For next time, <laughs> this was Change Champion.